where it's time for the guy who always gets you to the ball game on time. And here's the pitch. It's Matt Wyatt with all the good stuff you need to know. <laughs> I forgot about it. Yes, indeed. Welcome into Tuesday. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes, that's your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent. Welcome in on this Tuesday to you. Lots of ways for you to be a part of the show, and I hope you will be. Feel free to shoot me a text. Call me. Y'all call Hey Bill, wasn't there an old song and that was the that was the chorus of the song? Y'all call, wasn't that it? Y'all call? Uh, no, it was y'all come. That's y'all it. Come. it was y'all That's come. It. Yeah, y'all come. Y'all come. <laughs> Stupid. Here we go. And yeah, comment. Y'all comment as well. If you're on the live stream, Facebook, YouTube, missed you yesterday. It's my fault, not yours. But we're back. I'm back. <clears throat> And you can comment by dropping, you know, your little comment there and hitting submit. And it'll pop up on my screen all in one column here from everybody. Like Will on YouTube says, Happy Tuesday. Well, Will, back at you, buddy, Ro. And uh, Dave said, Howdy. Well, howdy to you, Dave. He's on Facebook. And we're just bringing people together here on the show on this Tuesday, kind of starting the week since I was out yesterday. Morning to you, Jake. Thanks for saying hello there on uh, Facebook as well. So, yeah, and text me on the Country Please and text line, 885-ESPN or 885-3776. That's the number to text the show. You can be a part of it that way. It's a great way to be a part of the show, in fact. White Denzel, the first to text today right off the top. What does he tell me here? He's always got baseball trivia for me. Denzel, you really think anybody wants this baseball trivia right at the beginning of the show? Well, well, you're right. Yeah, you're right. We do want it. We do want it. <laughs> he said, seeing as you were off yesterday, which was July the 11th yesterday, by the way. He says, on this day, July 11th, 1961, a gust of wind came into Candlestick Park and blew National League All-Star pitcher Stu Miller off the mound, which caused a balk and allowed the American League to tie the game and send it into extra innings in which the National League scored two runs in the 10th to win 5-4. to four. You kid, I'd never heard that before. Denzel, that is a cool trivia nugget right there, man. So it's a all-star game 1961 and the pitcher, the wind was blowing so hard it blew him off the <laughs> yeah, Candlestick Park was known for those winds. For the wind swirling the old, around the old it. Ballpark. It was bad. Yeah. And he says... Um, Blew him off the mound. Balk. <laughs> yeah, but it was the wind. Well, it's not my fault, says the umpire, <laughs> presumably. And uh, the rest is history, as they say. Appreciate that, Denzel. Thanks for that historical nugget, which would have been from yesterday. Uh, but we'll get it in there today. I appreciate you very much. Dave did mention on here on Facebook he's listening, but he's headed to the golf course. Well, you want to make sure you have plenty to drink. Uh, over the weekend, Neil Price and I, Neil Price, the voice of the Bulldogs, on the radio, he and I uh, went and played some golf together. We walked nine holes on Sunday afternoon after church here in my hometown of Tupelo. And let me tell you something. It was hot, okay? And poor old Neil, he was about 
three or four holes into it, he would address his putt. Like he's got his putter and he's getting over the ball and he's getting ready to line it up. And I don't know how he concentrated on putting because the sweat was dripping off the bill of his cap down there next to his ball. Going, I'm like, how's he concentrate? But he putted. Playing yeah. in the rain. <laughs> it's like playing in the rain. So uh, it's going to be hot out there, Dave. Take so care. So you guys yourself. walked nine and then crawled nine. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's about like it was. I mean, by the time we walked nine, we were just really doing it just to have fun and spend some time together, talk and catch up. It's been a while since we got to catch up. Let me figure that's a good way to do it, as any. Really enjoyed it. Uh, Roshana, I appreciate the kind words. She says on Facebook, the radio isn't the same without you, Matt. Well, I'm glad to be back as you're glad to have me. Promise you. I, I'm probably more glad to be back than you are to have me back. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and I do appreciate it. All right, and a few more texts here to start us off today on the Country Pleasing Text Line. Then I got some SEC football information to unload on you, to hit you with. Ghost Pepper on the Country Pleasing Text Line. Jalapeno and cheddar. That's what I had today. How often have y'all heard that? Is that broken record? You ready for me to try a different flavor so I can talk about that instead of just talking about jalapeno and cheddar sausage from Country Pleasing? Get it if you haven't. I get mine at Walmart most often. Ghost Pepper says, Matt, besides Pickwick and Bay Springs, where's the the best bass fishing around Tupelo? Well, Lake Lamar Bruce in South Tillo. I say recently. It's sometime within the last, I don't know, seven, eight years they drained that, fixed the levee, you know, filled it back up, fixed the boat ramps and the docks and stocked it again and everything. So you know how that goes, Ghost Pepper. Like, you, you hit that six, seven-year window after they have gone back in and restocked one where it's just full of fish. And we may be just past it for Lake Lamar Bruce, but there are some people catching big ones up there. So that's a good one. And it's just in South Tilla, like It's basically Tupelo, same place. And I guess it still is. Years ago, um, Trace State Park between Tupelo and Pontotoc out there on Highway 6. Beautiful place, beautiful park, beautiful facility, everything in the lake. Um, and it, it always was a really good fishery. And I tell you, for you know, people who love to fish, especially bass fishing, but really anything, living in Tupelo and around Tupelo is a great place. Okay? I mean, you're like, well, like you say, I mean, you're an hour and 15 from Pickwick. You're 45 from Bay Springs. Depending on where on the the uh, Tom Bigby waterway you want to go, whether it's Fulton or Amory or Aberdeen or whatever, I mean, you're a short distance from all those fisheries. And then you have these lakes like that, Trey State Park. You've got, like I mentioned, Lamar Bruce, Lake Lamar Bruce and South Tillo. You've got, um, uh, what's the name of it? you got Tom Bigby State Park, which is, in Plantersville, just right here in Tupelo, you got Elvis Presley Lake and Park. I mean, it's just there's there's water everywhere. But those two I mentioned, I mean, just off the top of my head, that's where I would send you. Jason in Flagstaff, he's out there out west. He says that wind is a whole bunch of why these fires are so bad out here. That's it. I mean, you're talking about the wind in California blowing the pitcher off the mound and causing a balk. Those really strong winds out there is what does it, for sure. Blows those sparks, and here we go. Uh, he said that uh, if the guy has a boat right in front of the lock, see, Fulton used to be really good for bass fishing. So there you go. There's some more fishing tips on today's show in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio here in the great state of Mississippi. 
Coffee from High Point Roasters in New Albany, Mississippi. Dan the Coffee Man has hooked me up. I got it right here. I got a mug full. I got no excuse not to have some energy to start the show with you here today on this Tuesday. Start the week, in fact, with you here. And look, we need to get our fill of each other this week because I'll be out next week. I'm going on vacation. We'll take some time off and then come back and hit it full blast. The last week of July as we ramp up to the start of college football practice, high school football practice will be getting going. All over the state will be less than a month from the start of high school football. That will be all going on uh, at that time. All right, you want some SEC football news? Here's a, You know what? This is another one you better get your fill of now because this is going away. The SEC on CBS theme, the guy, right? Because you're not going to have the SEC CBS Game of the Week anymore. Yeah, started with uh, Uncle Vern and Gary Danielson. Then you'd come in, you'd hear Uncle Vern say, Welcome to Tuscaloosa, <laughs> where Nick Saban's this, that, and the other. I mean, the SEC on CBS is basically the Alabama network, let's be honest. And then they show you the Florida-Georgia game, the Florida-Tennessee game, and the rest of it's Alabama stuff. It, hey, I'm with you, Will. This is classic. Will says on YouTube, the SEC-CBS theme is a classic. I'm going to miss it. Me too. I'm going to miss this. Okay, so anyway, I just thought I'd throw that at you. We'll get our fill of that because that's going away. ESPN, ABC bought them out, and uh, CBS is is not going to be a part of the SEC package starting in 2024. So we got this year and one more of it. Uh, No, here we've got today a list of who is going to take part in what Coach Steve Spurrier used to call talking season. Talking season. That's right. Talking season. Of course, he took the G off the end of it and said talk in season. Coach Spurrier used to call this talking season. Why? Because everybody talks this time of year. And you have media days. And coming up, in, I guess next week, the SEC is going to hold SEC media days in Hoover. And I'm sorry, in Atlanta. They've moved it from Hoover. This year it'll be in Atlanta at the College Football Hall of Fame and the Omni Atlanta Hotel at CNN Center in Atlanta. Y'all, let me tell you, uh, I've gone to media days in the past. Somebody was asking me if I'm going this year. I'm not going to media days this year. And and I've, I've sort of laid this out for you in the past. Um, when, it, when SEC media days are in Hoover, it kind of makes sense sometimes from a radio perspective to go. And here's why. When it's in Hoover. Because you have Radio Row in the hotel, and right above you, one floor above you, an escalator right above you are all the players and coaches. So to come and maybe do an interview with you, or whether it's anyone, all they've got to do is come down that escalator, and then they hit Radio Row, and they don't even have to go outside. You're just right there. Okay. When they do this and have SEC Media Days in Atlanta, Georgia, it's much different. I will tell you it's probably much better for the SEC. There's a reason they're going to do it. I mean, it's a college football Hall of Fame. The facility is big and, like, flamboyant and awesome, and it's a, just a cool place. It's different, and it for, for a television setup, it is probably, I would guess, it is 100% better from a television setup and perspective when they have it in Atlanta. Okay. 
but it's not necessarily better for radio because Radio Row, when they do the SEC Media Days in Atlanta, is actually in a separate building from where the players and coaches are doing everything else. So you could sit there and do your radio show on quote-unquote Radio Row in Atlanta, but you're not even in the same building as where the other stuff's going on, where the coaches and players are. If you were to get them to come and do an interview, they got to like walk down the street, come see, go outside. It's hard to get them to do that in the summertime in a suit and tie. Okay. So, and I'm not even blaming him because the SEC, this is a TV event. That's what I'm telling you. This has become, SEC Media Days has become a TV event. It's really not a beat writer event. That's what it started out as to give writers a chance to ask questions of all the coaches and they would make notes and then use that stuff for a solid month and a half leading up to the start of the season. It's not really that anymore. It's not a radio event. It's not even really a local media event anymore. SEC Media Days is now a big television bonanza for ESPN and the SEC together. Right? So let's just say it like it is. That's what it is. It's for entertainment. It's for TV. It's not really for anything else. Okay, so I won't be there, and it'll be going on next week. Now, they announced today who's going to go and take part in talking season. For every team, you'll have the head coach, and then for uh, every team, you have three players who'll go and answer questions. State, who's Mississippi State sending over there as players? Three graduate seniors, three seniors, all of whom have graduated school already <laughs> and working on postgraduate degrees. All right. So first up, uh, Jaden Crumity, defensive tackle. Then linebacker Nathaniel Watson from the state of Alabama. And receiver Austin Williams, who went to media days, I think, last year or maybe the year before. I can't remember. No, I guess it would be last year because you didn't have them two years ago because of COVID. So Austin Williams already gone through the media car wash. He did it at Hoover last year. This year they'll be in Atlanta. So Austin Williams, Nate Watson, or Bookie Watson, Jaden Crumity, all three graduate seniors, that's who will go for Mississippi State. For Ole Miss, it'll be two seniors and a junior. Senior offensive lineman Nick Brecker. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Defensive end junior Cedric Johnson. And wide receiver, senior, Jonathan Mingo, right here from the Jackson metro area. So those will be the representatives for State and Ole Miss. Other players who are going next week to SEC Media Days of note, uh, Alabama's going to send Will Anderson, junior linebacker, defensive end, pass rusher, who is the best player in college football. He was last year. He should have actually won the Heisman last year over his teammate uh, Bryce Young, or at least been there. But he wasn't because he plays on defense. And and I, I guess the I guess the Heisman is an offensive award. I mean, they gave it to Woodson one year instead of Peyton Manning. But Will Anderson is going. Uh, he'll be the highest draft pick of all the guys there at Media Days next week. Bryce Young is also going to go for Alabama. Jordan Battle, defensive back. Uh, Arkansas is sending a Mississippi kid, K.J. Uh, Jefferson, quarterback, junior from Sardis, Mississippi. And uh, so he'll be – a part of the crew that goes and represents Arkansas. Uh, Florida's going to send their quarterback, Anthony Richardson. Georgia is sending uh, their senior quarterback, Stetson Bennett, who will be wearing his national championship ring, I'm sure. 
Kentucky's going to send their QB, Will Levis, who is going to be a senior this year. You know, he transferred two years ago to Kentucky from Penn State. He's a big-time pro prospect, just on measurable size, speed, strength, arm strength, all this kind of stuff. Last year, he did some really good things for Kentucky, but he also turned the ball over a lot. He had double-digit interceptions. He had the highest frequency of interceptions per pass attempts of anybody that was a starter in the SEC last year. So he's got to cut down on that, but the ability is really there for Will Levis, and some people have him projected highly. I, he's, I, I mean, unless he has a phenomenal year, he won't go get drafted as highly as some people are saying, just to be honest with you. But he'll get a chance in the NFL, no question. Now, Tennessee is going to have its quarterback, Hendon Hooker, who's a graduate senior who transferred to Tennessee two years ago from Virginia Tech. He went there especially to play for Josh Heupel, and it was a let me tell you, if y'all didn't pay attention to Tennessee last year and to this quarterback, Hendon Hooker, it's time to turn on the film, okay? Get on YouTube and I'm working on a video about him too because I, I started doing a little re- I wasn't even looking him up. I was looking up stats for other guys and I noticed some stuff that kept jumping out at me at how efficient he was for Tennessee last year. Not only that, but how big of a jump Tennessee's offense made from two years ago without Josh Heupel to last year with him and Hendon Hooker running the offense for him. He was really, really good. Okay. He had the, in terms of a, a frequency of touchdowns per attempts and the infrequency of interceptions per attempt, he was the best. He had, he had the best frequency of touchdown passes per pass attempts of anybody in the SEC. Every nine throws, he threw a touchdown. And he had the best frequency of interceptions per attempt at over 100. It was 101 attempts per interception. He threw 31 touchdowns last year and only three interceptions. And then you turn on the film and realize, like, mechanically he's really good. He's 6'4", he's 220 pounds. He might have been the most underrated, underappreciated player in the SEC last year. That's Hendon Hooker, uh, quarterback Tennessee. And I'm just telling you all, I don't know how much attention he will or won't get, and he's got that um, receiver, Cedric Tillman, who's also a senior who's really good, wears number four for Tennessee. But Hooker's going to, if he stays healthy, his numbers are going to be through the roof this year. Tennessee's going to win a bunch of games this year, and they're going to draft him very highly. And you remember I told you that on July the 12th. Will somebody put a hand up that you'll help me remember that, that I told you that on July the 12th? Make a mental note. It's what's going to happen at Tennessee. They don't have that tough of a schedule. They, they're probably going to win 10 games. They're probably going to lose to Georgia and Alabama. They're probably going to beat everybody else in their schedule. They'll be 10 wins. His numbers last year were already really good. His pass attempts will probably go up. The numbers are going to kind of go up a little bit. <laughs> they're going to win a bunch of games. The hype is going to explode for Tennessee football, and they're going to draft him highly. Just remember I told you that. Show of hands. Remember I told you. All right, so those are your attendees. Now, as far as the schedule, I, don't know, I I can't remember. Doesn't State go on Tuesday and then and then Ole Miss on Wednesday or something like that? I'll tell you here. Yeah, they're taking it to Atlanta this year. Starts on the 18th. You got the attendee list. All right, here we go. Schedule. Yeah. All right, so here we go. Monday. No, Ole Miss goes on Monday. 
All right, so starting on Monday, it'll be SEC Media Days from Atlanta with Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin. He'll join Brian Kelly of LSU and Eli Drinkwitz from Missouri. So those three right out of the gates on Monday. Starting Tuesday, you get four per day. Tuesday will be Saban, Leach, Beamer, and then Clark Lee from Vandy. Wednesday, you're going to get Pittman, Napier, Smart, and Stoops. And in the final day, Thursday, next Thursday, not this, but next, you get the final three coaches. That would be Brian Harson from Auburn, Hypel, Tennessee, and Fisher from A&M. Here's the other thing about that, too. Like, they put, they put Jimbo Fisher and A&M last on the car wash, uh, media car wash schedule, and they do it, I guarantee you, for a very specific reason, and is that he generated the most buzz in the offseason. If we put him last, it'll get the largest – contingent of media to stay through the end of media days because i will tell you (laughs) in in years past especially when they stretched sec media days out to four days used to be three then they stretched it out to four days and they have three teams on that last day by the time it gets to like lunchtime on that final thursday that place empties out i mean like whoever's the last team generally be walking around by themselves going uh, are we the only ones here? I thought people were going to ask questions. I mean, it'll empty out. So they very purposefully put Jimbo last on the last day because everybody wants to stick around to talk to him thinking that he just might get a little hot under the collar and let it rip tater chip. <laughs> right. All right. So there you go. Yeah, so no quarterbacks from State or Ole Miss will be at Media Days this year. What do you think about that? Disappointing? Care? One way or the other? Yes? No? I'll get to your comments on the live stream and text messages. Take your phone calls coming up next. Just getting started with you on this Tuesday in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around. It's about winning the game or even losing the game. You're going to hear about them all and get to talk about it with Matt Wyatt right here, right now. Back with you, I'm Matt in the Bureau of the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, staying connected with you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Check them out, cspire.com. With you on this Tuesday, get them on in here. Comments, opinions, otherwise. Hit me up. Let's see. Uh, Jason, he heard me talking about um, Tennessee football. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm not trying to find something to be hot takey. I just looked at it, Jason. I watched what they did last year. They, they just made this big jump, right? It was just year one under new head coach, but they really made a big jump on the field. Now, they couldn't, at times defensively, Looked like they couldn't stop a nosebleed, but they did get better, at least schematically and in terms of responsibility and playing together throughout the year. Um, I think they're really going to be hard to stop this year. I think their offense is going to be a handful for everybody they play. Uh, they did about as good a job against Alabama's defense as anybody did last year. That'd be Tennessee's offense. And that was just last year, year one. I think they're going to make a jump this year and surprise some people. I really do. And I think that kid's really good. Jason and Flagstaff said Tennessee's problem last year was their defense. They couldn't stop anyone. And that's it. I mean, you know, any consistent defense. And that just takes players, and that takes a little while. And it looks to me like 
they are recruiting well. You know, they got money, they can spend it. So they live in an era now where you can spend that money and put yourself a roster together. And it looks like that is uh, what they are intending to do at Tennessee. Well, this isn't a sports nugget, but it's just one that I have to bring to you here. Because one of my favorite game shows of all time, and it started on this day, July the 12th, 1976, I was not born yet. I was getting close, but I was not born yet. Born on this day, 1976, born. Started on this, yeah, I guess it was. Sort of born. Can a show be born? Anyway, it started on this day in 1976 with host Richard Dawson. It'd be your family feud. Yes, sir. Here's the original intro right here. How many different hosts has uh, Family Feud had over the years? Quite a few, well, right? Let's see. Uh, Richard Dawson, and then I can't remember the guy's name that was after him, but he uh, did he commit suicide? I think he did, yeah. And then it was uh, the big guy, Louie. Oh, Louis Anderson. Louis Anderson. Yeah, of course, he's gone now, too. He passed away earlier this year, uh-huh. didn't he? And then uh, uh, the guy from uh, Tool Time, Richard, uh, uh, what, what's his name? Yeah, the guy who played Al on. Played Al. He was host. <laughs> we, and then, uh, we don't Steve even know Harvey, his real name. Like, nobody knows his name. Yeah. Uh, Richard Karn. Richard yeah. Karn. Okay. And then, uh, then uh, I think uh, Steve Harvey took it over. Steve Harvey after Al from Tool Time. Yeah, I believe so. That's how many hosts you have. About five, isn't it? <laughs> and in and, and 45 years. And Richard yeah. Dawson, the original He's host, the best. he was he the best. best. Remember, like, he had this thing for kissing everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. you wouldn't get wouldn't away do, with that couldn't now. Couldn't do it now. <laughs> <laughs> Every family that came on Family Feud, he kissed the lady. he'd lean in there and kiss her. And got away yeah. with it because he was on television, mm-hmm. I guess. I, I mean, <clears throat> again, well, at that time. A different day, too. A different yeah, time. Different era. Yeah. I mean, back then they thought it was a compliment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, now I, the HR department would be getting involved, and in, uh, sure, and well, anybody would because now everybody's so lawsuit hungry. Oh, he he leaned in and kind of forced me to give him a kiss on the cheek on national television. Millions cashing that in. That's the way. That's the way they look at that. Okay, so I have for you here, Bill, a list, and I can you know, obviously I can't read them all. But I have a list for you here. The f- funniest answers all time on Family Feud. Funniest answers. Okay. <laughs> here we go. Stupid ones, too. One time, Richard Dawson asked a woman, during what month of pregnancy does a woman begin to look pregnant? Her answer, September. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nigga, here's one. He said, name a yellow fruit. She said, orange. (laughs) Snoopy liked it. Uh, One time, the question was, what's a man's name that starts with the letter K? The answer, guy said, Kentucky Fried Chicken. (laughs) I don't know if it's like nerves or what. What, yeah. Yeah, because it makes people give well, you put, kind of answers. You put somebody on a clock, you're going to get all kinds of answers oh, yeah. out of them. 
All right, so Richard Karn, Al from Tool Time one time when he was hosting, he had the question, name something in your house you would yell at if it stopped working. Answer, <laughs> uh, probably my spouse. <laughs> All right, now, this right here is going to get me. This was a Steve Harvey, this is a Steve Harvey episode of... This is a Steve Harvey episode of Family Feud. Mm. He asked a guy at the end of the family row. You know, they put the dumb ones at the back, right? Yeah. At the end. Name something specific of Leonardo DiCaprio's that you would like to hold. His answer? His painting, The Mona Lisa. Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, he did the Mona Lisa. Yeah, he painted the Mona Lisa in the Sistine Chapel. I like to hold his painting. <laughs> Let's see. Can I read this one? Uh, yeah, okay. Name a noisy bird. She said chipmunk. I mean, it's, it's just, it didn't get any, any worse than that. <clears throat> now, this right here. Name something you might buy that could turn out to be phony. Old boy said a horse. <laughs> now, a horse. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Steve, Har <laughs> Steve Harvey said, name a traffic sign that best describes your love life. She said, do not pass go. Ooh. Now, here's what's funny Ooh. about that. That's not a traffic sign. That's not a traffic sign. That's Monopoly. Yeah. Somebody said, they asked him one time, name Popeye's favorite food. She said chicken. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on yeah. now. No, Popeye. <laughs> Popeye, the sailor man. <laughs> name an Richard Dawson said, name an animal with three letters in its name. Old boy said frog. <laughs> <laughs> How about cat? <laughs> right. Oh. Um, <laughs> now, this is great right here now. <laughs> he said, uh, name a tradition associated with Christmas. She said, Hanukkah. <laughs> Had nothing to do with Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's so funny is that, that Steve Harvey sometimes, will, when they're doing the show, he'll... <laughs> He'll ask a question. He says, oh, God, this is going on YouTube. <laughs> it's going on YouTube. <laughs> it sure does. It sure, and it sure yeah, makes it there. You go to YouTube, man. There's a bunch of them there. Uh, Al said, name something you wouldn't want police to find in the trunk of your car. His answer, pickles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you talk about just freaking out. Pickles. Got some of them illegal pickles in there. Yeah. Uh, one time, Richard Dawson asked a woman, name a city in the state of Georgia. She said, Alabama. <laughs> name a planet bigger than Earth. Somebody said the moon. Okay. Yeah, let's see. I love <laughs> this one. Aside from a house or a car specifically, what is the most expensive thing you own? She said, car. <laughs> he just said, besides house and car. Or car. 
Oh, the list. Oh, the Family Feud. What was the best one on that I just read, huh? Which one? Mm. I think the best one was, it was early. Uh, it was the first one, wasn't it? What was the first one? Oh, yeah. During what month of a pregnancy does a woman begin to look pregnant? She said September. That's great. All right, so a tip of the cap to the great show, Family Feud, that is still ongoing thanks to thanks to Steve Harvey. And, yes, because of YouTube, it and many things continue to live on. Ain't a whole lot of people sitting down to watch the Family Feud like they used to, but they will watch the clips on YouTube, I promise you, and on social media. Great theme song, too, by the way. Very recognizable. Yeah, okay. So, Tip of the Cat, Family Feud. We got that one in. Uh, my man, Philip, Philip the Prince of Philadelphia, Mississippi, as former Governor Haley Barber would say. He would say Mississippi. Uh, the Prince of Philadelphia says, Prince family crushes the Wyatt family, set it up, Family Feud. Well, look. Here's the thing about that. The object of Family Feud is not to go and win. Anybody? Do you remember anybody that ever won any money or won Family Feud? No. It ain't like you remember Super Bowl winners. What you remember are the most entertaining. And I promise you this, Philip. I promise you this. The Wyatt family would have the most entertaining answers. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. <laughs> All right, we'll get back to sports coming up next. We've got to get into the countdown, too. Today, 90 teams in 90 days. We're at 53, but we got three teams to do. We've been out a little while. So we'll hit team number 55 coming up and more here on the show. Stay with me. Here we go. Back with you, I'm Matt. In the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. We had a little flashback looking at... Over all these years with uh, all these different hosts of... Family feud and whatnot and so on and so forth. The funniest lines. And that's just a list of about eight or nine. There was a couple in there that I couldn't read on the air. Okay. But as you might understand. But they're all funny. And it's just a sampling of the funny things that have been said on this show. Now, Jason and Flagstaff, I got to read this real quick before we get back to a couple other things. Jason said... Steve Harvey is hilarious. I can watch those highlights on YouTube for hours. The one with Terry Bradshaw picking on his daughter's boyfriend killed me. So I'm going to have to look that up. So they must have done a celebrity deal. Yeah, celebrity. And he was picking on his daughter's boyfriend who was a part of the show. I got to see that. And then Brian. (laughs) Get this one, Bill. Brian said, Steve Harvey asked, Name something that comes after pork. Dude's answer was cupine. <laughs> oh, that's great. Something comes after pork. Cupine. Well, I guess it does. 
Uh, sort of. <laughs> Just not P-O-R-K, but I mean, pork is pronounced pork. Pork cube. <laughs> well, in somebody's world, it does. Anyway. In somebody's world, it does, for sure. All right. Y'all can be a part of the show. Get back on in here. Um, in hour two, we'll hit some of the teams on our countdown. We've got three to get to today. Looking forward to to previewing. And if you'll stick around for hour two, one of those that we are going to preview coming up in hour two is uh, a season opener for one of our teams here in Mississippi. So we've got that coming up. Also, the SEC has said it's going to stay at 16 teams. I say they have said it. It has been reported that they are going to stay at 16. And the reporting that's done says that the, the league presidents, presidents of the universities, with the two new ones coming in, Texas and Oklahoma, they all agree that they want to keep it at 16. And, and maybe that's monetary to go, okay, we know what the conditions of the TV contract are. And we want to continue to split the pie across 16, not 17 or 18. And maybe that's kind of what it is. Um, but we'll get into some of that and find the details that are out there and talk about that some uh, in hour number two as well. Hey, and I also saw this um, coming up on the 16th, which is obviously later this week. Uh, Jackson State is going to have a showcase for players with the XFL, meaning they're going to be on campus and have a, uh, you know, basically drills and and testing where players can perform and uh, you know try to impress talent evaluators for the XFL, the Upstart League. Hey, Bill, I know you've kept up with that a little bit, so. The two leagues that have popped up, one just played and the other one's going to play. So the USFL is the one that just finished, right? Right. Yeah, the Cedric Championship. Birmingham won it. Birmingham won that. And then you got the XFL, which I, what is that? A, is that a, a fall league? I think it's going to be playing about the same time. Okay. The USFL, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, and so it'll be next spring, summer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me see here. XFL. So have two spring leagues, I think. Yeah, February and March. Who is it that owns the XFL now? It's uh, is it the wrestling deal? Yeah, the wrestling guy. It's like, well, it used to be you know Jim the McMahon used to be involved, but I think somebody else is in on it now. So let's see, XFL two thousand twenty two. Yeah, yeah. So you're looking at April. Same time USFL will be back. Mm. Of course, USFL you know is backed by Fox. So, well, and you know, see that's interesting to me. I don't guess I realized. That okay, so the XFL it came around and then it's going to leave and then it came and now it's coming back. Yeah, I think The Rock is involved in it, isn't he? Yeah, somebody said that actually yeah, on the uh, so. live stream. Yeah. Joseph on Facebook says he thinks The Rock is involved with that. Well, and I guess what I'm saying is I so the the USFL sort of beat the XFL to the punch in terms of getting started. So USFL jumps out there. XFL is not coming back and starting until spring of 23, but if they start and play in the spring, they will directly compete with the USFL. And I wonder how all that's going to shake out. I have not studied it enough. I need to read up on it, see where the teams are and, and all of that. But, it's, yeah, it's like, okay, so the Rock owns the XFL now. So it's the XFL. It's going to be a pro league. Players will get pl- paid to play. They will... 
you know, according to the schedule, they're going to play games and have them televised in the spring. And um, compete directly with the USFL for a spring league. It would make no sense to do it in the fall. And so, yeah. So that's the league that you're going to have a tryout. Well, not a try. I wouldn't call it a tryout. It's not what it being. It's not being dubbed as a tryout that's going to go on this week at Jackson State. It's a evaluation. Yeah, they. I think showcase is the word they use. Yeah, showcase. I mean, you can go and run around and you know do the forty and whatever other drills they have, and you may, you may impress somebody and you get a chance to at least go to the next thing to see if you can you know make a an XFL roster. I think on the next USFL season, they're actually going to be playing in the cities that they're from. They won't be all in Birmingham. Uh, they well, hopefully, all... they're going to do that. You know, they'll be doing yeah. a little traveling. So. That, that just seems better to me, right? Mm-hmm. Like these places are going to want to have people in that local area come out and watch the team. Right. I mean, yeah, I'm instead, sure they do. Instead of it all being television, which is okay. But I got to give the USFL one tip of the cap, though, Bill, and that's that drone camera. Oh, man, that's fantastic. In fact, everybody's said that that's one of the best things about it. That and miking the quarterback. Miking them up. And the coaches. Well, and not even – sometimes it's not even like looking through the lens of the drone camera. It's the fact you're watching a play, and there goes the drone camera. Drone zips by. It looks like a a fly. There's a drone in the end zone. (laughs) Your cat's jumping up at the TV trying to kill it. He thinks it's a fly, you know. All right, let's hit the phone line, Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment, Madison, and in Jackson. Brandon on line one. What's up, Brandon? Hey, Matt. I'm always late to the game, in and out of the car on sales calls. But, um, you know, I loved Richard Dawson. I love that era. I mean, that's that's when you and I were born and kind of in that 70s and 80s deal or whatever. But when I can look back on it, and sometimes I'll, I'll watch clips there but man that when he kissed those women it was just cringe worthy man i ain't gonna lie <laughs> it really was <laughs> but i mean of... it's the evolution it's the evolution over the years i mean back then you know you could you could do that and get away with it i mm-hmm. guess well and the other thing was like you'd have the husband standing there watching the wife hey i'm breaking up i'm breaking up on you man i'll let you go i right, appreciate it brandon you'd have the husband standing there on family feud watching his wife lean over to get a kiss from the host and she'd be blushing and turning red and giggling <laughs> and and what was the other thing too um the original family feud had a a thing that was like a sucker tree it was like a tree of suckers and you could pull a sucker off the tree Anytime they had kids or whatever there as a part of the family, they'd let them get one. You know, do you, am I, did, I dream, did I dream that up? I don't remember that one, man. It was part of it, too, I'm pretty sure. Because, oh, what's his name? Would uh, uh, Richard Dawson was over there. He'd go over there and get one of those suckers off that thing and eat it during the show. Yeah. Well, we had a show full of the family. You never really know how that's going to go. Um, but we had a show full of family feud memories. I said, name a fruit that is yellow. She said, orange. <laughs> Get a little bit of everything. All right, so uh, I tell you what we'll do. We'll hold on to team number 55. We got 55, 
54, and 53. And all of those teams in a countdown. And they are all, let's see, are they? They're all FBS teams. One of them is a Power 5 team. One of them is a team that will um, begin its season against a team from the state of Mississippi. All three of those will be coming up, so we'll preview those in Hour 2. Learn a little bit about three different teams. Just look at schedules and be a little better versed in who they are and what they are by the time the season rolls around. It's pretty good exercise to learn a little something about everybody. Oh, you know what else, Bill? I got an email today that my Phil Steele College Football Preview magazine has been mailed. They put it in the mail and gave me a tracking number. Well, today is Tuesday. And I figure it'll show up just in time for me to be off for a week. There you go. <laughs> you'll, you'll get it. Well, yeah, it'll come to your house and you'll be down on the beach. So. That's right. And so um, when we come back at the end of the month after vacation, we'll be previewing a lot of teams every day. We have at least two teams every day there for a little while, and that'll be fun. Playing catch-up. Be playing catch-up. And, and I don't mean on the steak like Jake <laughs> likes. He does put ketchup on a steak but he hey it's ketchup on anything it's his steak so he can do what he wants i guess all right hey, just don't just don't put it on mine <laughs> exactly and don't cook mine so much get mine off the grill before you burn it all right hour one in the books hour two coming up the sec they're gonna stay at 16 what do you think all of that and more i'm matt stick around